Hello and welcome to another episode of Laymanology. It's been an eventful weekend with the men's and women's Australian Open finals. If you haven't already watched the matches, I won't ruin it for you, but I can promise they're nothing short of spectacular. In November of 2017, Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece Salvador Mundi was bought by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia for a record 450 million dollars. If you're like me, you're probably wondering two things. First off, why did a painting of Christ fetch millions of dollars and what makes people pay such exorbitant prices for works of art? Like most things, the answer is complicated, and like most things, economics is involved. The answer to the first question is fairly straightforward. There are less than 20 surviving paintings that can be attributed to Da Vinci. In economic terms, this means that Da Vinci's paintings are scarce, and scarcity is pretty important in determining the value of a good. Think diamonds, gold, and yes, even rare Pokémon cards. There is this running joke that an artist only becomes famous after he's dead. And what this means basically is that living artists can still produce works of art. So their artwork isn't scarce, but artists who've kicked the bucket can't produce art anymore. So their art becomes rarefied. The value of a piece is also determined by how well known the artist is, who their art dealer is, and whether they're affiliated with a high-end gallery. That explains one side of the story, but it still doesn't explain what motivates people to purchase these works of art. Let me start by clearing the misconception that the art market is populated solely by art connoisseurs and admirers of art. Sure, it's true that there are people who are genuinely moved by Da Vinci's paintings and would like to hang them above their fireplace, but it's also true that plenty of savvy businessmen looking to make an investment turn to the art market. See, art is a speculative asset. This means that buyers will often purchase a work of art in the hope that its value will appreciate. The artwork does of course need to have some fundamental value. It can't just be a blank canvas, though oddly enough something similar sold recently for a few million dollars. Anyways, purchasers hope the value of art will appreciate and it often does. When a purchaser buys a work of art for millions, the artist is catapulted to fame. The purchase gets people to talk about the artist and drums up interest in the artist's work. So really, it only takes one big purchase to set this entire thing in motion. So, art is an investment, right? An investment that could rake in a lot of money? Well, not quite. Research says that investment options like stock portfolios, real estate and bonds might yield higher returns in the future. There's also the fact that investments in art are long term. So if you're looking to make a quick buck, this might not be the right market for you. Even so, on the whole, art isn't a bad investment. For instance, the billionaire Mitchell Rails and his wife Emily bought close to 50 works of art after the 2008 financial crash at laughably low prices. Now their collection is worth over a billion dollars. So if you're willing to wait, the investment just might be worth it economists also use the theory of conspicuous consumption to explain why people spend heavily on expensive products essentially 
people use their wealth to signal their social status. I mean, billionaires get lonely too. So when they invite their friends over for a few drinks, they make sure that their recent purchase of art is there for the guests to collectively coo at. Inwardly though, the ultra-rich friends are probably thinking of the priciest artwork that they can buy to one-up this cocky billionaire. How people think they're perceived by others is a strong motivator, especially for luxury goods like art. But there's still something we're missing, something Benjamin Franklin called a certainty of life. That's right, taxes. It turns out buying artwork is a surefire way to get out of paying taxes. It works like this. Let's say you're a purchaser. You buy a work of art for $2 million. Never mind how you got the money, you just have it. You're also somebody who's earned a lot of money in the past year, and to part with it will make you so, so sad. Worry not, the art market will provide a solution. What you do is this. Take the painting you bought to an auction and say you want to auction it off. But you don't want to auction it off, not really. You plant a few fake bidders in the crowd and get someone you trust to bid for your painting. Essentially, you buy your own painting for a marked up price. Something like $20 million? But you can't actually sell your painting for $20 million. Nobody would buy it. Your painting is only worth $20 million on paper. So, what you do is, you take your painting to a museum and donate it to them. It leaves you feeling warm and goody, so you're done. I'm kidding, not yet. Basically, the government offers tax deductions on charitable donations. So for a painting that you only paid $2 million for, you could easily get a deductible of a couple million dollars. Because on paper, your painting is actually worth $20 million, not two. The reality is that most of the key players in the art market know exactly what's going on. But don't say a word, because they stand to benefit. In the example we talked about, you stand to benefit, the artist who created your work stands to benefit because his painting was bought for a fortune, the museum stands to benefit, and your dealer stands to benefit. They're all co-conspirators in the business of making money. So sure, you want to buy art because of its prospective advantages? Go right ahead. Just remember, you need plenty of money, lots of patience, and a well-built network.